0: You've heard me talk about Morning Kick, used by former karate champion Chuck Norris. It's a daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one tastes similar to strawberry lemonade, and I enjoy it. I know I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, but Morning Kick has helped me make up for that, and I feel great. I have more energy and better digestion. It's an easy part of my morning routine. My wife started taking it as well. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris today. This that matter podcast. My name is John Harris. We're going to talk today about something going on in the Southern Baptist Convention again for all you Southern Baptists. There is a uh, current controversy that um, arose right before Thanksgiving and it's uh, continuing. <laughs> and so we're going to take a look at what that controversy is because it can get a little complicated, I think, for people who. Are uninitiated into the SBC and understanding the uh, politics that are at play and some of the characters at the upper levels and um, for those who who are into that world you you know exactly what's going on but many people in the pews do not and for good reason we have lives and we don't pay attention to all these people but people who are in Southern Baptist churches are giving to these entities uh, through their cooperative program giving and so I think it's important to know kind of what's going on and Uh, This is something I knew a little bit bit about because it focuses on Southeastern, which is where I have my MDiv from. So I thought uh, this wouldn't take me very long to explain the controversy uh, just to inform you all about what's going on. And it also illustrates some things, I think, about where these institutions that refuse to repent, to admit, uh, to somehow make even a statement acknowledging their complicity in the social justice narrative, it shows you where these institutions go over time they end up hardening themselves. And it's actually very much like uh, a a immune system when the immune system is not capable anymore of rejecting diseases, it it becomes weakened. And that's what we see at Southeastern and honestly many other entities in the SBC. There's a, a, a weakened compromised immune system and they are able to take in error in smaller doses, but those doses then get bigger and different kinds of errors can come in. And and I've um, been pretty clear, I think, about this from the beginning when I started talking about Southeastern maybe two and a half years ago after I graduated, right after. I said, "It's it, it, social justice isn't even it, the big thing. It's not the main issue here. It's more of a symptom of the disease. The disease is the acceptance of erroneous theology. And and a lack of discernment uh, letting it in the gates letting it be taught to students and written on blogs and preached in chapel and then uh, when you're caught when the light is put on you scurry for some kind of uh, dark place where you can hide and and you accuse those who bring the light of being slanderers liars uh questioning their motives like they have some other motive for bringing this up and that makes what their concerns that makes their concerns illegitimate somehow i mean it's everything but just admitting the problem and repenting which i think if they did that people would be more than uh, accommodating people who have been uh, critical of southeastern and other sbc entities would say you know praise god and let's talk about the steps for restoration But uh, that has not happened. And now it's gone on for too long. And I think conservatives had a window. They had a a little bit of time in 2018, 2019. They could have done something. Uh, This is just my opinion here. I think that window of opportunity, though, has closed at some of these places. It would take a cleaning of house to get rid of some of the problems that are going on at some of these places. And again, that doesn't mean. I've said this many times before. That doesn't mean that every professor is compromised in every way. That doesn't mean that every person there is woke or on the social justice train. But you have a large enough percentage of them that, and a, a failure on the part of the rest of the school. There's no, in other words, there's no mechanism in the rest of the institution to root out the virus. To there's no immune system there capable of getting rid of the problems that exist. Uh, that it, those those you know, faithful professors who may not be on that bandwagon, well, they're, they're really not able to do much about it. And, and that was my experience when I went there, even in 2017, 2018, uh, that that was already happening. The conservative professors who were against this stuff either compromised or retired or kept their mouths uh, shut, and some of them still are to some extent, or they uh, feigned ignorance. And I say feigned because it's very hard to um, be involved in the institution, at least when I was there and not know what was going on. Now, I think to some extent, they've tried to go underground with this stuff more. They've tried to soften things. They've made it, the rules are you cannot record in class anymore without permission. The rules are, um, well, it's not the rules, but they've become much less likely to post uh, lectures and uh, blog posts that are woke. But from the students that go there in certain classes, from what I hear, it's still that way. It's, it, they still are going full throttle towards the social justice direction, but they're just doing it in a more subversive manner because the spotlight was shine uh, was shown on them. So uh, before we get uh, into this whole controversy, which I think just it, it illustrates one more time that the errors are still there, the, the lack of discernment still there, the problems are still there. I want to show you this because I've had, I have had pushback before with people saying, John, you're really not a uh, southeastern graduate. You know, people who go to southeastern, they know they're just about the great commission. They're just about church planning. They're just they're not about social justice. So I figured I'd just show you. Well, I don't have this displayed. I have it buried usually, but I brought it out. I do have a degree from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and it is an MDiv. And there's uh, Bruce Ashford's signature, uh, Danny Aiken's signature, um, Marty Jackman's signature. Uh, who I did have as a professor at one point, and then I guess that's I'm not sure who that is anyway, uh, I do have a degree, so it's not like I'm speaking from ignorance here on on the issues there, and I want to be as faithful and honest as I possibly can be. I want to be straightforward. look, I have talked to Danny Aiken about this. It was kind of a round a round in circles conversation where he he just wouldn't admit what was actually going on at his institution. I was reading quotes, and he couldn't even either he that person didn't say what i said they said or uh or or when i was reading a transcript it was i was uh i wasn't reading in context i was misunderstanding and there was never any well what's the understanding what are they actually saying there was never an explanation that, and that's the kind of thing it's not unique to danny aiken that's just the kind of ring around the rosie you get whenever you try to confront these things at almost any SBC entity it seems like uh and i know this just from all the stories of everyone else who's come to me and said look i work in this institution or i i've given to this institution i tried to ask them hey what's going on over here and you know played for them the video or i i uh, gave them the quotes i showed them where my issue was and it's the same response circle the wagons protect the institution And don't ever, uh, above all, don't ever admit that the institution was wrong or made an error. It's the error. It's actually kind of like I was watching the show of uh, uh, Soviet era. It's showing how the Soviet Union kind of reacted to Chernobyl and these kinds of things. Anyway, one of the things that you find, though, is uh, very common in that that time period uh, in that context is, you know, truth is totally secondary to the, the, um, the, the party, the, the government, the state, uh, the preeminence is always there. And so if you criticize anything that the state has done, or even if you're trying to help and you say, hey, we should do this because it would be better, but some party official above you has said otherwise, you are the one that's in error. And it's up to you to admit your error. It's up to you to repent. You're the slanderer. You're the one who doesn't care about the country. And it's the same kind of thing at these institutions. Uh, if you don't support them, if you even try to, out of the goodness of, of uh, a good motivation, try to help and, and have some constructive criticism, you will, be, uh, you will be attacked, especially if you go public with it. You will be attacked. Uh, there will be a strategy to line and dine if they see you as a threat, but then it's going to be if you persist and you just say, no, this is the truth, uh, then you will be shut off, you'll be attacked, you'll be marginalized, all those things. And this happened over and over, and I'll give some illustrations of it as we go. But this is the situation. This is why I don't think you can, in good conscience, give to the Southern Baptist Convention, knowing that some of the money will go to to these kinds of places. Uh, If you're going to give, at least, if you're at a church that's going to give, at least try to to make it so uh, you're you're itemizing it. So it's going to missionaries, specific missionaries that the church trusts, that kind of thing. So here's where this whole issue starts. It's with with, uh, James Merritt, who's a previous president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And he says... um, he, I, we'll start. This is um, giving you a little backstory, and there's probably a lot more that could be said here. But let me just give you a little backstory first, and then we'll get into the, the current issue. But James Merritt uh, said at the SBC convention, I, you can watch the video, uh, when there was a, um, a resolution offered on the floor to oppose critical race theory. And James, it was actually an amendment to a resolution that said, could we be explicit about denouncing critical race theory? And James Merritt said, if some people were as passionate about the gospel as they are about critical race theory, we'd win this world to Christ tomorrow. And uh, and then he posts, this is uh, July 1st, because people were upset. Some people can, you know, understandably, you, you, you don't even have the willpower to, to bring in some language that opposes critical race theory. You're not capable of doing that. Again, the immune system's failing. What's the problem? And so he posts this thing on Twitter, a note that he got from someone that says, please don't let your associate uh, associates within the Southern Baptist Convention bully you. And he, he basically calls, then James Merritt basically calls everyone bullies and that his dad taught him to stand up to bullies. When, when meanwhile, actually, it's, it's, this is projection. James Merritt was the bully. James Merritt was the one on stage bullying those and questioning their motivation that they don't care about the gospel somehow because they want to oppose critical race theory. Uh, I mean, the SBC has resolutions opposing other things like abortion, but you don't stand up there and say, well, if this, if some people were as passionate about abortion as the gospel, you know, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't say that. But they will say it uh, about critical race theory. And this was very much, uh, I mean, this wasn't on the spur of the moment. They were prepared for this. Uh, many ministries like Founders um, and uh, CBN had already said that they were going to say something about this. They were going to offer resolutions on uh, or a resolution against critical race theory. So this wasn't a surprise. This was thought out. You had the resolutions committee. Uh, it seemed like at least united on this. And James Merritt basically took the conservatives to the woodshed and said they don't, they don't really they, they have uh, he questioned their care and their um, their motive uh, as far as uh, their understanding and concern for people hearing the gospel. And so that, that's the problem, I guess. They just don't care about the gospel because they're obsessed with taking out critical race theory. And it just shows either a great amount of ignorance or a great amount of evil. And I'm not sure which one or there's a balance in there somewhere. But there's there is a problem there when you understand what critical race theory actually is and how it does function as an alternative uh, religion. So James Merritt defends his son's preaching. This is the new controversy. This is what has been sparked recently. And it sparked because uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary decided to hire a number of professors. And I probably should have put that in here. Let's see if I have it up um, so I can name you the professors. Uh, so James Merritt was, was one of them. There's pro- there are probably a few that could be... Um, let's see if it comes up here. Yeah, so, James, so Crawford Loritz, um, J.D. Greer, we got Al Jackson, Matt Carter, and James Merritt, right? So these people are all hired, uh, and Danny Akin, you know, says that, I'll just read his quote, he says, for years I have asked the Lord to bring more gifted and talented men to teach in these programs. Little did I know that God would answer my prayers beyond my wildest imagination. With the additions of these five men, a great doctoral program just got better. So very excited to have these guys. And of course, most of you probably know something about J.D. Greer and uh, how he's been in league with the Caring Well Initiative, and uh, says Black Lives Matter is a gospel issue, and the Bible whispers about sexual sin and wants to rip down all hierarchies. This is J.D. Greer's on the social justice bandwagon, Uh, very much so. Um, I'm not familiar with all these people. I knew though Crawford Loritz was, I recognized the name and I knew that on some level he was uh, woke. And actually, I'll play that clip for you right now. It's just not good enough to say, OK, well, look, I'm, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. Well, what we need to be is to be anti-racist. You see, in the mind of every, every, every African-American young man, sometimes older man these days, is that when they see blue lights behind them to pull them over, often they're not afraid. They're not they're not just afraid that they're going to get a ticket. Some of them wonder, am I gonna make it home? So that was Crawford Luritz. Now, let's get into the controversy, though, that's currently going on, uh, because there's not a controversy over Crawford Luritz for some reason. I, maybe you can only handle so many. Uh, James Merritt, though, uh, defended his son's preaching. Now, his son is a, um, well, he's a homosexual, according to his own, he, this is what he said uh, this this year. He posted that um, in 2012, just days before my 30th birthday, I was publicly and painfully outed by a person who had earned my trust only to betray it. It took many months and a boatload of therapy to process the trauma of that experience and to learn to love the delightful human that God made was God uh, made me. Some of you may not know this part of my story. I've learned to live authentically in my personal life, sharing with friends. So he goes on and on. Uh, basically, though, he's saying I'm 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 gay. I'm I'm out. I'm homosexual. Uh, I was outed back then, and now he's kind of coming to terms with this, b- being public about it. And, and the, really the tragic thing to me is, I, I'm not showing this just for the sake of time, but how many big Southern Baptist names under this post were commenting and um, and, and what they were, it just seemed very wishy-washy, very uh, tr- trying, o- overly trying to act just so accepting and loving to James uh, to Jonathan Merritt. And with, that, with neglecting uh, his, what he's actually doing here, which is going public and um, normalizing uh, his, his lust for other men. That's what it is. So James Merritt um, then recently, this is, so this is right along the same time that this he's hired by Southeastern, he posts a video from Good Shepherd New York, New York City. And it's a YouTube, uh, I guess, is this what I'm looking for? I think it is. Um, He says, I don't agree with my loved son, Jonathan Merritt, on everything, to be sure, but I encourage you to listen to this message on Mark 13. It is both brilliant and faithful to the gospel and the coming of Jesus. So he's supporting his son. And his son, by the way, did make a statement thanking his dad so much for his dad's support. And James Merritt then tried to defend himself because some people were saying, wait, hold on, your son's homosexual. James Merritt said, regardless of who preaches Jesus or speaks truth, I rejoice when they do because I love Jesus and truth. I can approve a message even when I have disagreements with the messenger. I agree with Paul, love rejoices with the truth and that is truth. So let me show you something here. I'm very thankful for Woke Preacher Clips and, and much of the work they do because uh, they they really do get into the nitty gritty of some of this stuff and, uh, and they, did a great uh, tweet thread on and videos included in this of Jonathan Merritt's sermon that James Merritt, his father, who's now working at Southeastern, uh, part-time at least, uh, is commending. And, and so I'll, I'll just go through some of these. Um, and by the way, if you listen to the tone, if you want to listen to this sermon, if you've ever listened to mainline denominations that have been totally, thoroughly compromised, they have a certain tone. I, I don't know if it's listening to too much NPR. I don't know what it is, but Jan- Jonathan Merritt mimics that tone perfectly. He sounds like that very mild kind of that, that soft voice that is so into the, just the, the nuance and the, I don't know, the, uh, in, into the, all the complexities and, and, and what it means, the you know the esoteric, vague, what it means to be human kind of stuff. And so th- that's, that's how he sounds in all of this. Which, I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's a style thing, but it, it does reflect, I think, the, the crowd he's running with. And and his message is consistent with that. Um, highlights from the Jonathan Merritt sermon, endorsed by his father. Mark 13. Uh, it's on uh, about, so this is what woke preacher clips say. Mark Mark 13 is, isn't about the judgment of God. It's about recognizing nothing lasts forever. That's the moral he gets from this. Mark 13 isn't about judgment. Uh, it's about nothing lasts forever. So, um, talks about the grass withers, the flower fades, and uh, let's see, Jesus foretelling the destruction of the temple. And Jonathan Merritt says, Hating change won't delay or deter it. The future is always breaking into the present, and it never calls ahead to ask permission, so we need to learn to love the worlds in which we live and, and when the times come to let them go. And then um, he edits Mark 13.4 to reinforce his Don't Fear Change theme. Tell us... When will these things happen and what will be the sign that things are about to change? No English translation says about to change. It's be fulfilled or be accomplished, i.e. God's planned c- completed. Uh, so it's, it's very man-centered. He quotes Will William uh, Willemann, a Duke Divinity professor and former Methodist bishop who pushed for queer affirmation to say that Jesus is not predicting the end. He's speaking of the precariousness of the present. Quote, God is not interested in propping up obsolete institutions, status quo. Uh, the cold hard truth is that the world is always ending somewhere for someone. The end is always near. Jesus says that the anxiety and loss that you feel at the end of your world is not reliable indicator for the end of the world. Waiting for the literal second coming of Jesus was admirable for simple-minded black slaves, but we sophisticated folks can simply open our lives to the truth that just as the world is always ending, Christ is always coming again. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so this is this is a quote edit. So he didn't say that we sophisticated folk. He's that's woke preacher clips is adding that in and mocking it. But the point here is that Jonathan Merritt his he's turning the passage on its head and uh making it man-centered um saying be, being very vague and esoteric and just everything's uh figurative Christ is always coming again. It's just it's this it's not a concrete truth that you're looking at in the passage. It's this deeper poetic meaning. Uh, the conclusion, receive the good news of today's gospel. That This is a quote, that God, whose name is love, is waiting for you everywhere, that the Holy Spirit is hovering over the chaotic, deep of your crumbling world, and that Jesus is always coming again and again and again. Sounds kind of um, new agey, doesn't it? And Woke Preacher Clips concludes, this is not the actual gospel. The death has been defeated, the death has been defeated by Christ rising from the day, uh, grave. This is just self-help pablum, that living through eviction is the real point of the eschaton. But if you'll allow me to John Jonathan as he eiseges this mark, it goes deeper. This is the gospel of the great reset. You see that the social world around you is changing and it seems like it's not for the better, but don't resist it. The power is affecting. So, he, so Woke Preacher Clips starts reading into this and saying, that there's the deeper figurative meaning is, is not to resist the political changes happening around us. Either way, this is not a faithful reading of a text. Um, it's not just that it's it's un, it's not just that it, it doesn't hit the mark exactly. It's that it totally hits a different mark. Its its whole intention is not to read the text faithfully, and it's bad hermeneutic. And then the gospel that is presented at the end won't really actually get anyone saved. It's not a true gospel. Uh, it's a very man-centered gospel, and he's not giving the bad news in this. He's not. Th- this is not faithful preaching at all. So, this is what Jonathan Merritt thinks is is so great. This is his son did this great job. Even though he disagrees with his son on some things, which I'm assuming is his son's homosexual lifestyle, uh, he he commends this sermon as as this faithful sermon. And and so, uh, that's been the controversy. And uh, this so so this sparked reactions. Uh, from CBN and others. But CBN put out a statement, Conservative Baptist Network, citing the social media post and uh, then saying that scripture is clear that homosexuality is a grave sin. Sin separates us from God. It goes through uh, that. And then for one who is employed by a Southern Baptist seminary receiving cooperative program tithe dollars to promote an unrepentant sinner, no matter whose son he is, is a trustworthy as a trustworthy preaching source, is a betrayal of trusting Southern Baptists. The Conservative Baptist Network calls on Danny Aiken and the board to give sincere attention to this grievous situation. Uh, and so it goes through how this is incongruent with the Baptist faith and message. And uh, while some have accused CBN of divisive, being divisive um, the, for accusing people of departing from biblical uh, orthodoxy, uh, they say that this demonstrates that that actually is happening. And, uh, and then they rope in and they include Ed Litton's plagiarism and, and other things. So this is the statement made by CBN. And it's a good statement, I think, uh, that look, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is a preaching source. You should show sheep, hey, go listen to this person who had a horrible sermon and didn't give the gospel. And you're saying, this is the gospel. And this is an unre- someone in unrepentant sin, uh, according to scripture. And they're saying, this is bad. And they're right about that. Well, what has been the result? the wagons are being circled and I didn't do a deep dive on everything I but I want to show you a few things um that were interesting to me first of all Danny Akin retweets James Merritt on November 24th which might have been the same day no it's the day after CBN made the statement they did um James Merritt says Lord today guard my words govern my heart guide my path grow my mind and above all glorify yourself and Danny Akin retweets this and uh it's I've explained before, I think I did it on the last podcast or two podcasts ago, that this is an often this is often a tactic. And I've just gotten used to it where sometimes you won't address something head on, just just like Jonathan Merritt's sermon. It's it's vague. It's nebulous. You just you kind of uh you, you know, the, it's the dog whistle thing that liberals are always accusing conservatives of. You put the dog whistle out there that, you know, this is we support James Merritt. That's what this is communicating. We support James Merritt. And the timing is the important part. Right when he's under fire from Conservative Baptist Network, we're not backing down. And Danny Akin's the president of Southeastern. He's still going to hire James Merritt. Uh, and, and it's overlaying this piety over all of it that, you know, I'm still a Christian. I still care about God. And how dare people come after me? I'm a good man. So um, Danny Akin uh, also retweeted this. And, and this is where I want to get into Southeastern a little. It's because of professors... Well, actually, let, let's read this first. So Dr. Ergen Kaner comes out. And says, just a reminder: Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is now headquartered in Woke Forest, North Carolina. Now, this is an old joke that yeah, I've heard this since like 2018. People calling it Woke Forest, and and if you live there, I gotta say this: if you live in that area, it is very different than a lot of other places you could be living. If you live in Louisville, if you live in um, in in Raleigh area, and you're part of an SBC church, especially, it is way under the shadow of the seminary. It's under the shadow of Southern. If you're in Louisville, it's under the shadow of South. Eastern, if you're in Raleigh. And and it really does change the whole atmosphere. I mean, my wife and I looked for churches forever, I remember. And we had to eventually settle at a non-SBC church. I could not find one that was not in some way, shape or form on that woke bandwagon somewhere. Uh, and, and I would go, we would go to a church sometimes two weeks and think, okay, this this seems like a great fit. I think this will be fine. And then of course, the pastor says something, or you find out they're doing a seminar on racial reconciliation, and we know what that means—that it's 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 going to be infused with critical race theory. We—that this is the kind of thing I went through, and that was in 2018, uh, I think, that we were looking 2017, 18, and just having a very hard time of it. And so, yeah, Woke Forest, for the people who live there, they're the ones that call it that. That's where I first heard about it, is people who live there just said, like, it's in the water here. Like, this is kind of what's going on. So he makes this joke. And then George Robinson, who, by the way, was my missions professor at Southeastern, still works there, says, tell that to my SEBTS students who are out in the harvest weekly sharing the gospel with people who are far from God, baptizing those who believe and making reproducing disciples. That jello doesn't stick to the wall when you actually come to campus and observe. Shaking my head. Okay, George Robinson. Uh, Dr. Robinson, um, I have been to campus. I have observed. I've been in your class. Uh, many others have too, and I'll give you some names of them. There's, many, there's way more who won't come out publicly, but I'll give you names of people who actually have come out publicly. And it does stick, unfortunately. In fact, there's a big montage, probably 20 minutes long, just of from, I think it's 2018 to 2021, all the, this can't, you can't get all of it, but a lot of the woke junk that goes on there on video and, and it doesn't stick when you accuse people who are making very legitimate claims and and from hopefully the, the good motivation of their heart because they love the school they want the school to repent they want the school to course correct it doesn't stick when you start accusing them of slander uh, and and this is by the way two things can be true at the same time you can have some students who are out there sharing the gospel and making disciples and have a, a an institution that's going downhill and you know both can be true at the same time it can be woke forest and you can have students that are doing the right thing so it's like you know the, the sensitivity is just off the charts with the people who work at these institutions they just they can't abide any criticism of their institution uh even if it's a joke now Matthew Daniel, I don't know who that is, but he retweeted, or he he yeah he retweeted George Robinson's comment, and then he added this: "It's because of professors like uh, Dr. Robinson that I'm proud to be an SCBTS grad. Don't believe the lies of people who seek to sow seeds of discord by calling SCBTS woke or liberal. It is a great place to go." All okay, right, so it's all that. <laughs> this, yeah, and this is you. You have obviously you have two groups of students. It's like with the um, it's like with the creation debate or any debate. You have two sides of this. You have people who uh, believe one thing and uh, say that you know my ex- based on my experience, no one who knows what. But then you have people with the same experience. You have people like me who are graduates from there who say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, it, it is compromised," and um, it, it, and there is woke stuff going on there. There is social justice stuff being endorsed by the institution, like, it, and it's very easy to see. And in fact, go to the info section. I have links. Uh, you're going to want to check out the link that uh, from Scott Crawford because it has um, a, a montage that's about 20 minutes long that just shows you video clip after video clip of professors at Southeastern saying all kinds of really woke stuff for years and even in, into this present year. So you're going to want to go watch that if you have any question about this. I'll put that in the info section. There's going to be a bunch of links there. But this is the circle the wagons. This is uh d- dismiss any kind of criticism. you know, I guess that whole thing with James Merritt, it never actually happened. I don't I don't know. It's just there, there's no actual um, uh, attempt to try to interact with the accusations and the concerns actually being leveled. So then I I just wanted to point this out, you know, just because it stuck in my craw a little, like that you have these guys that can make these statements that we're not woke. George Robinson isn't exactly known for being the woke guy at Southeastern, but almost all these guys have, there's some, they have some bone in them that is, that sympathizes with that stuff uh, to some extent, or they at least, it's the the immune system analogy. They're they're not able to locate a virus and identify it and get rid of it. Uh, And I'll I'll give you some illustrations of this. Uh, George Robinson grateful for the privilege of serving alongside Walter Strickland, right? Walter Strickland, who is someone who is very woke there and preaches heresy, liberation theology. Uh, you have, again, George Robinson, one of my great joys is learning from you as both a colleague and as a friend, re- replying to Walter Strickland. Uh, you have uh, him liking this tweet. This is, we're grateful for you, J.D. Greer, and your three years of service to Great Commission Baptist. And this was in June of this year. So, I mean, this is pretty recent stuff. Uh, How about on the Beth Moore go home controversy? I happen to remember this because I remembered I made a video on that whole controversy when John MacArthur said Beth Moore shouldn't be preaching. She shouldn't be preaching to men. She should go home. George Robinson, we cannot say to women, uh, go home. Uh, And he quotes Charles Spurgeon, which is an irrelevant quote. It wasn't what MacArthur was saying, but he says Spurgeon is greater than John MacArthur. And then uh, someone else, puts out, Ryan Lott, I wrote a biblical response to the Truth Matters conference. This is where John MacArthur said Beth Moore, go home. And George Robinson says, well done. Well, what was he saying well done to? Well, let me give you some clips from the article. Nowhere in scripture does it say that God's spirit gives certain gifts to certain genders, but it does say that only men can serve in the function of elder pastor. It is not unbiblical for a woman to preach the word of God to a church. It is unbiblical for a woman to thwart God's good design for the church in serving as a head Ship figure, elder, pastor. When God did not give headship responsibilities to the women, but to the man. Uh, John MacArthur needs to come out with a statement, formally apologizing to Beth Moore for his words and seeking forgiveness and unity for the sake of Christ, who died for her sins as well as his, and who is her Lord as well. Phil Johnson likewise needs to come out with a statement addressing his comment uh, of Beth Moore as a narcissist. Um, When I so anyway, they need to correct themselves. So so there is apparently. When it's not your institution, you can it's perfectly fine to criticize them. Criticize Phil Johnson, criticize John MacArthur, but you can't criticize Southeastern. That's the moral of this. Now, let me give you the big one. Here's the quote that George Robinson says, well done to in this article. I attend Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Thankfully, uh, they understand this important distinction, uh, the distinction between the office of, of elder and the function. And they're working with women like Jen Wilkin from the Village Church to get women into the word of God so that they can accurately teach and disciple others to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. This is the new wave of Christianity which seeks to embody the New Testament more entirely than we see those before us have done. And I am part of this movement unashamedly and unapologetically. Can we say, can, can we just for a moment say that that is one of those arrogant things a student saying this we're going to do better than those who came before us where we know those scripture better than them and women can preach doesn't make the distinction here women can preach to men i'm assuming they just can't be elders or pastors george robinson coming in and well done well done to this article this is the same this is the george robinson who's not woke who's upset that anyone would Uh, challenge southeastern well this is the church that george robinson is also an elder at north wake where robinson is an elder uh four reasons to wear a mask even if you hate it gospel coalition article they read they they put it on their um their blog their public blog for their church members podcast on gospel and ethnic unity and another gospel coalition podcast with shylin uh they have uh the and this is interesting a prayer to turn my back on evil and be allowed to fight injustice Published on July, uh, looks like 20th, 2020. So the context is very important. This is when the country's burning down because of BLM. And this whole statement of repentance for injustice and we need to fight injustice. So, you know, what do you think that's signaling? What do you think the point of that is? This is the church where George Robinson is an elder, North Wake. So it's in his own backyard. He does it in his church, at his school, in his denomination. And he doesn't see it. This is the kind of person you want teaching people about missions. Um, I've had him as a missions professor, and, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great, <laughs> in my opinion, the class. It, it was okay. I, I learned a little bit. It was, It was. Uh, I, I mean, again, though, I grew up in a pastor's household. I had missionaries coming to my house all the time, so it's, you know, not, maybe I was used to some of the things, but um I, I, I didn't go there for his missions class. It was a hoop I had to jump through to graduate. It wasn't bad though at the time. In fact, I remember this. I remember at the time, George Robinson said in class, my car won't make left turns because I'm so right wing. I remember this. I remember him saying how conservative he was. And to see kind of what's happened since then is uh, just amazing. It's, it's the protecting the institution becomes uh, the main focus. now. His whole thing, and this is what Southeastern, typically people from there say is, well, the students know that it's not this way. Let me introduce you to some students who have tried to blow the whistle on Southeastern. And I have some screenshots here for those watching of the faces of different students who have tried to warn about the direction of Southeastern. James Riddle, Bill Roach, Scott Crawford, Andrew Daniel, myself, Matthew Tarpley, and there are more. In fact, I couldn't even remember. There was one I was trying to find I couldn't remember. The name, the guy's name. It was years ago now, uh, and there's others who won't. There's many more who won't come out publicly because they're afraid of what it's going to do to their, uh, to 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 who. Well, their 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 future in the SBC and that kind of thing. I'll say this. I remember. Now, I, I think I'm. I can say this now because now it's it's been about two years down the road. But I remember going there in 2019, and I uh, I had a, a dinner. I guess it was with with like ten different. SEBTS alumni and students, mainly students, I think it was like nine students, all of them concerned about the school, all of them wondering what they could do. And and th- their names are not, I, th- I think one one name from that list was there, maybe two, maybe two names. So there's, there's students who go there who are concerned. Um, but as far as going public, as far as uh, putting it out there, there's not many, but here are some, these are some names. Uh, so you have six names right here of people who went through the degree program they saw what was going on there and they were very concerned so don't act you can't act like well it's those who don't know us who criticize us no it's actually coming from those who do know what's going on who have been there who had the experience and to keep repeating this this slander all the time it's all you just don't know uh is is just not true so uh that's my that's my take on this whole thing uh if you want information if you want the links to some of the things that i was sharing in the slideshow then please um, go to the link in the info section Uh, i have provided a number of those links there but i've also provided the slideshow itself Uh, patrons can download that so uh, five bucks a month or more to be a patron you can go download um, that powerpoint and have that information if it'll help you uh but but the information uh, most of it's already there in the info section i have the links uh, for these things i would recommend if you're still doubting any of this go to the link that says scott crawford okay whistleblower scott crawford and click on that link it'll take you to an article and in that article is a video click on the video and you will watch a montage about 20 minutes long And it'll show you exactly what's been happening at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary's campus. Is that all that's been happening? No, there's other things. There's some good things happening too. But again, the virus analogy. This is a virus that is infecting the school and it's taking away the school's ability to fight future viruses. And the viruses can get worse. And you see that with James Merritt. You see that this guy who endorses a homosexual preacher, unrepentant, a horrible exegesis with a false gospel endorses that sermon and still the president of the institution is very excited to have him come as a lecturer uh, as a speaker there and i haven't looked into all the other professors they just hired but uh Lawrence, uh same thing you gotta you got a woke guy there yeah, there's problems there and the school just won't even admit that there is one so um i hope i know that's a downer i hope that encourages some of you though at least knowing the truth it's better to know the truth some of you I know have just started listening to this podcast, so a lot of this, for for those who have listened over a period of time, you, you know kind of what Southeastern is like, but some of you may not. So this is just a reminder and just kind of letting you know there are there is information out there if you wanna research this further. And don't take my word for it. Don't don't even cite me. I, I'm irrelevant to this whole thing other than I'm showing you here, here are the primary sources. And even if my motive was bad, which it's not, my motive is I, I wanna see course correction here, but let's say my motive Uh, was really bad and I just wanted to hurt this school for whatever reason, Uh, which wouldn't make sense. I went there. I love many of the professors there. But let's say that's my motive. The question is, is what I'm saying true, regardless of my motive? Is what I'm saying true? And if it's true, then you need to stand on that. So I hope that was helpful for those in the SBC. More coming later. God bless.